0: In the months since a shooting took place at his synagogue, Rabbi Yisrael Goldstein has become something of a celebrity. An anti-Semitic gunman opened fire on Chabad of Poway on April 27th, killing one congregant, Laurie Gilbert Kaye, and injuring four others. Within hours, Rabbi Goldstein started calling for the need to fight darkness and hate with kindness and light. So far, he's brought his message of light to the United Nations General Assembly, and shared it at Jewish gatherings in Brazil and Poland, as well as here in San Diego. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Peter Rowe, you're a general assignment reporter for the Union-Tribune, and over the weekend, you wrote a follow-up story on Rabbi Israel Goldstein, the man who was shot in the shooting in Poway. So, how's he doing?
1: He's doing well and he's never been busier. He's, uh, he's getting invitations to speak literally out all over the world. Um, we were fortunate to be able to catch up with him a couple of times here in Poway. He is the head rabbi and founder of Chabad of Poway. Uh, and that of course is where the shooting took place late in April.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, we also kind of looked into the narrative of Rabbi Goldstein, kind of how he became this kind of uh, figure of the movement of Chabad. Why don't you kind of explain his background with his religion? He grew up
1: in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, which is where Chabad is headquartered and has been headquartered since the 1940s. This is a, a movement of Orthodox Judaism, But unlike some branches of Orthodox, um, in Chabad, there's a stress on going out and meeting with the people and mixing with the the larger world, uh, you know, whether they're Jewish or or not. Um, He actually grew up in an apartment that was two floors below the apartment being rented by the then leader of Chabad, the Chabad movement, Mm -hmm. uh, Rabbi Menachem Schneerson. And Rabbi Schneerson uh, was the seventh leader of Chabad, which had been founded in the 1700s in Russia. Uh, And he is the last leader. He died 25 years ago, and there hasn't been anyone uh, to kind of step forward and be the, the leader of Chabad since then.
0: Yeah, I remember literally hours after the shooting, um, Rabbi Goldstein mentioned how important this individual was to him, and it seems he always references kind of his legacy whenever he speaks. Yes,
1: he does. He feels very close to uh, Rabbi Schneerson, who, who is referred to just as the Rebbe, which mm-hmm. is a, an honorific. It's a, it's a title higher than rabbi. It means, you know, like the wisest rabbi. Um, he grew up idolizing the Rebbe. He not only knew him as a neighbor, but uh, the Rebbe was his rabbi, you know, in, in temple. Uh, and his brother, uh, Rabbi Goldstein's brother, remembers um, Israel running down the street early on Saturday morning so he could be there to open the door to the temple for, for the Rebbe when the Rebbe arrived. Uh, he would do other odd jobs around the temple. He would shovel snow out in front of it, uh, just because he was such a, an admirer of this man. Mm-hmm.
0: And also, in writing this story, we discovered that not all things were rosy at Habad of Poway prior to the tragedy that occurred. What are some of the struggles that Habad was having? Well, Habad is
1: like almost any other you know established uh, house of worship. Uh, They've been experiencing a uh, kind of a steady drain of members. Uh, As older members uh, die out or become ill and are no longer able to come to services, uh, the younger generation is not kind of filling those gaps. Um, You're seeing this in faiths, um, you know, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, just across the board. Uh, So they... They've been dealing with that, the rabbi said, for at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. And with that has come a, a drop-off in, uh, in finances. So now he's, he's faced with additional expenses. He's looking into um, how to kind of better protect the, the temple uh, should anything like this happen again. Uh, he figures he's, he's looking at about a million dollars in renovations, Mm -hmm. to uh, Chabad of Poway.
0: And generally, how much does it cost to run a house of worship?
1: His budget is about a million dollars, again, about a million dollars a year. Um, So, of course, I think most houses of worship, they've got a budget and then they've got Mm -hmm. kind of a wish list. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, right now, I mean, he's looking at, you know, he'd he'd really like to be spending about two million dollars this next year.
0: Yeah, and also he's been trying to invest in security. Why don't you explain some of the things that he's done so far and kind of the broader goal of to make sure that if tragedy strikes again, people will remain safe?
1: Yeah, well, you know, security has really been on their mind for a long time. As a matter of fact, uh, Rabbi Goldstein has a concealed carry permit, so he can, he can uh, carry a weapon. He was not carrying a weapon the day— um, John Ernest, uh, at least he's, he's the man who's been accused of entering and, and shooting up the place. Um, he was not carrying his, his weapon, uh, his firearm that day. But he, he does have a concealed carry permit. Uh, we were told that elsewhere within the temple, there was a firearm. It was not used that mm-hmm. day. Uh, instead, a couple of men uh, rushed uh, the gunman. Uh, who fled uh, he, his gun may have jammed we're not really sure he fled out to a car drove away and and then basically he waited for the police to come get him which they did very anyway, back back to chabad and security um they have hired security i mean mm-hmm. private security guards uh to be there they initially were spending about fifteen thousand dollars a month on this. They've since kind of done a little comparison shopping and found a company that would do this for about six thousand dollars a month. So, again, that's an added expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even if you knock it down from fifteen thousand to six thousand, it's it's still an extra monthly bill that uh, that Chabad has to cover.
0: And also, it's been a little over two months since this tragedy occurred, and it seems that the healing process is still ongoing. How is the congregation of Chabad doing nowadays? Well, when you go there,
1: I, there is a, a sense that people are kind of still tense and nervous about this. There are actually bullet holes within the, uh, within the walls uh, of the, uh, the lobby. Mm-hmm. Services have resumed uh, school there. They do have a, a Jewish day school. Uh, school has resumed. Um, but it's it's really not the same. And, and people are kind of coping with the fact that a house of worship where you normally feel safe and, you know, kind of open. Right. Uh, your Your attention is not on gee, I wonder if someone is coming in behind me to shoot me. Uh, Your attention is more on on higher things. Um, They're still kind of coping with, uh, you know, how how do we make sense of this?
0: Mm -hmm. And also in this time, this has remained a big story in San Diego as a hate crime occurred in this place, but there have been mass shootings nationwide since then. How is Rabbi Goldstein trying to kind of continue pushing for it, what he argues this uh, thousand or billion points of light when the news cycle constantly moves towards the next tragedy.
1: He has set up something called a billion acts of kindness and this is to encourage people to kind of harness the internet to spread the word the message of good deeds that are happening around the world So his thought was uh, the man who's accused of attacking Chabad of Poway went into the Internet, into this dark area, found all these people who were um, encouraging violence, Mm -hmm. who were uh, encouraging anti-Semitism, racism, sexism, the whole bit, right? So he's saying, can't we also use this same technology, to encourage people to act honorably and act charitably and act with love and compassion. Uh, so he's got this, he's, he's just starting it up. He said he hopes to get some Hollywood stars involved. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen that yet. And he has he's been very active giving speeches. He's traveled. The yes, I mean literally around the world. He's spoken uh, at the United Nations, the General Assembly. Uh, He spoke, I think, several days before the General Assembly. He was in Brazil addressing a group of Jews there. Uh, He was invited to meet with about 500 young Russian Jews who were touring Poland, some of the death camps there. So he met them at Auschwitz. Uh, So he's really kind of become very public. And this is something people noticed, is that Rabbi Goldstein... The day he was shot, uh, he was hospitalized and then the next morning from his hospital bed, he was giving television interviews.
0: He went live on CNN like literally four hours after being shot
1: yeah and he he had had surgery and so you ask him about that the first 24 hours um, and he doesn't remember any of it, but he was very eloquent and in his uh, speeches, his various, interviews. Uh, He never expressed anger uh, about what had happened. He never singled out the shooter, you know, called down the wrath of God on him, anything like that. Instead, he had this message of, we will not be deterred. We will not be, you know, put down. Instead, we're going to continue. And can't we, you know, spread light in this darkness?
0: Yeah, I remember when that happened. He uh, referenced a part of the Passover Seder of every generation they come and attack us, and we will always fight back. Something along those lines. I don't remember the exact words, but
1: right. And he he delivered he's delivered those lines several times, but I think the first time he did was um, immediately after he'd been shot mm-hmm. and the gunman had fled. He uh, he had been rushing to. Uh, escort children to safety came back to the the synagogue and he said he found you know it was very quiet and at first he was afraid that it was quiet because there had been a massacre but Mm -hmm. it was quiet because the gunman had gone and everyone was in shock and he was in shock too so he said he wrapped his hand in in um, a prayer shawl and climbed on top of a chair and gave this kind of impromptu sermon and that was the message was, you know, in every generation, you know, people will rise up against us, but God will not let them succeed. And then he, you know, he said, you know, we're, you know, mm-hmm. we're here. Israel survives. Um, and that, that's that been kind of a, a constant theme in his messages ever since.
0: And how are his hands right now after all this? Yeah, that's a
1: great question. Um, his, his right index finger was shot off he says he feels phantom pains that phenomenon where you hear this all the time when people have an amputation that they still feel like they have that limb there he still feels like his fingers there even though it's not now his left hand the index finger was also hit with a bullet fragment uh, and all the bones were shattered so he's going through physical therapy with the the left hand uh, he says where they have to keep bending it. He says he says it's no picnic. Uh, he doesn't look forward to the physical therapy sessions. Yeah,
0: and imagine healing after that is, takes a lot, a long time. Yeah, I guess so. I mean,
1: I, I, I've never seen anyone uh, who'd been wounded in their hands before. I mean, you know, you see people, you know, who maybe have broken a leg or an arm or something, but the hands. And so he had apparently raised his hands uh, when the gunman turned on him, and the gunman
0: shot and hit him there. And just like Rabbi Goldstein, the rest of Habad is healing as well. Peter Rowe, thank you so much. My pleasure. In other news, two Camp Pendleton Marines were arrested for smuggling undocumented migrants. Byron Darnell Law II and David Javier Salazar Quintero were arraigned Monday in U.S. District Court on one felony count of transporting an undocumented migrant for financial gain. They were arrested on July 3rd near Hakumba Hot Springs and admitted to previously driving other migrants as well. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union-Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.